0: Really? How big is it?
1: That was Jeff asking really how big it was.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't even remember the context for that.
1: Did you get your answer? um, His answer is uh, none of his damn business. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll talk about that after the show. (laughs)
1: Anyway, uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to VM Live. I'm your co-host Jack Rollins and with me as always the man, the myth, the legend Mr. Jeffrey Hoffman. how you doing, Jeff?
0: Good. how are you?
1: I am a okay. And... you're the
0: only one that calls me a legend. Yeah. I'm okay with that
1: though. Uh, we also have admin Bob here. What's going on, admin Bob?
2: Not much.' He's happy it's Friday.
1: Yes, I feel you there. Oh, man, I just had yawn. That's not good. Ajo's here, too. What's going on, buddy?
3: What up, y'all? Been a a rough week emotionally, so I'm glad that it's Friday, too. I
1: might have to ask you about that. (laughs) And as always, we have our producer, Evan, behind the glass. Uh, He is manning the VM live text chat. Uh, For those of you who are listening on the podcast... Uh, we actually run these shows live on the Visible Man Discord server, and you can participate in the shows on the uh, live text chat. So. Adrian, what's going on, man?
3: You know, this this week has been just kind of overwhelming. Um, I, th- I think that everything just coming together and me just holding everything up in my life, like just by myself, is kind of taking its toll mm-hmm. on me now. Um, so... Yeah, It's been like the first time ever in my life where I've had like trouble, like real, real trouble, like sleeping. Um, like Monday, I didn't sleep like at all. Um, my mind was just like racing. And so and I, I haven't felt that since I was like on drugs. And like, that's how it felt like during my addiction days, um, uh-huh. like trying to sleep but not being able to sleep. So yeah, but I think it's just, it's gotten better like as the week has gone on, but I do notice it like pick up and come down so I don't know today's just been kind of one of those days too where I've been just overly overly emotional when things would like trigger me about certain things in the past Mm -hmm. though just been just been one of those one of those weeks I guess
1: so it just kind of feels like everything caught up with you I mean you've gone through yeah you've gone through quite a bit here in the last six months alone I mean on top of like all the COVID stuff and stuff that we're all dealing with, I mean you've been through and you haven't hidden any of that, you know, like you've been pretty, pretty open about that. Yeah, I've noticed that. Um I've I I have that happen to me too. I think and, and this could probably tie in with the theme of the episode, which will be yep. fatherhood. I think part of that is you just have to you have to keep going. And uh it's like you don't have time to feel. Like you just gotta keep doing whatever you gotta do to get through the day. I mean there are, there are, you still have a job, you know, you still have kids that need to be fed and practices and all the stuff that goes all along with that. And so while you have these big events that are happening in your life, you don't really have that kind of time to sit down and reflect. And then because of that and because of not making that time, it just it just happens when your body decides it's going to happen. Uh I don't know if that sounds right to you but in my experience that's kind of what happens to me it's like you're not really avoiding it you're just like trying to live your life and then your body just kind of goes okay guess what your feelings are coming up now so we're gonna we're gonna work this out does that sound
3: exactly yep that's that's pretty much how it is and i know for me too i think that so like my my ex her criminal trial starts next thursday or this coming thursday now and so now that it's like here, and like i'm giving, mm-hmm. been getting calls from like the district attorney and like um like the like the county that I live in is offering like uh victim services to mm-hmm. to, to my youngest it's it's all kind of coming to a head oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i and it's been on my mind more more lately now that it's like, well, you know shit's about to get real,
4: so yeah,
3: yeah we'll see
1: yeah, I can't even.
3: It does tie into oh. this episode, though. Yeah. <laughs> <About> fatherhood. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I think it's interesting because we have we have all three of you who have custody of your daughters, and I think that's kind of interesting because we don't have anyone who's like fifty fifty or just weekends. You know what I mean? Uh, and that is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind oh, of I d- rare. Didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't
3: think of it like that. That is true. Yeah, yeah that's true
1: so i find that i find that interesting so i you know i'm not a father so a lot of these kind of th- i'm kind of i'm kind of hoping you guys can kind of take over the the in-depth part of the discussion because i have no experience with fatherhood but i thought it would be interesting to discuss it to to see what your experiences were uh any kind of reflections or anything that you may have had on the differences of uh being a father married and then now being a father divorced and adro you're you're full-on divorced now right oh no. no
3: no it's california takes so long so yeah. um but it should be fine, like sometime next year okay
1: so i mean you're i mean I, uh your your custody's gone through oh, custody's done then, yes yeah so now you're just on that like waiting period to
3: yes okay cool
1: and obviously, Jeff, Jeff, and Bob are uh, are divorced. Yeah, uh,
4: Bob,
1: I remember. Yeah. When did you get uh, Bob? It was like what, like two thousand five or something like that. Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yeah, that's the year I graduated high school. So
2: yeah. uh,
0: <laughs>
3: I was what? Oh man,
2: different. You know, obviously different times. You know, depending on how this conversation goes and the stories we tell, we'll see. <laughs>
3: yeah I
1: remember the first time you had said that because I thought you were only divorced like roughly the same as like Jeff. So I figured it was like five, six, you know, um, and I think it's interesting because you've been divorced for for so much longer that you can probably provide a lot of insights on the extended process that none of us have gotten to yet when it comes to, especially fatherhood, but just kind of being divorced. In general because now you know a major portion of your life you've been divorced whereas like for me a major that's that's not a major portion of my life you know yet so i think that's that's kind of interesting that we have these because it's me and adro are recent and then jeff which is like five six years something like that Mm
2: -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. and then bob We, we have the whole spectrum
1: yeah yeah 2006 i'm
0: like right in the middle
1: yeah Okay. So fatherhood. Uh, Hmm. Before we go to the first break, uh, we have about 10 minutes. What I would really, really like to hear are your kind of a glimpse of your experiences as a father before divorce, when you had a partner, you know, you had somebody else to, you know, be there and I mean, be a mom. Uh, I'd really like to see and hear kind of what it was like during those times.
2: Okay, I will take that and run with it. All right, Bob. Um, All right. Yeah, it, you said with your partner, which, yes, we were married. I had a partner, but honestly, I felt like the communication as far as parenting was terrible so i felt like i didn't really have a partner i was like married i was a father and there was no like cohesiveness you know no you know not much real communication about anything um you know and and these were just like a few of the things that kind of led to the eventual divorce because i was like I'm like, well, what you know, what's going on here? I you know, I'm like not I don't want to say like literally doing everything, but I'm doing everything. And I got the mom over here who's not really doing anything for what's supposed to be our child. Um so yeah, my experience with being married, and I, you know, obviously I don't know anybody else's experience, but mine was um I don't know, it just honestly, fatherhood after divorce, as challenging as it's been, has been so much easier than fatherhood when I was married, thought I had a partner, but didn't really because she wasn't helping.
1: So, you said she wasn't helping, like, I mean, you guys live together, Um, I'm assuming, anyway. Uh, you live together, like, what... what what would she do? I mean, did she have like a job where she was always away?
2: No, I mean, I, like I'll what? You like, because I'm trying. Yeah. I'll give you like an example. Like, yeah, she worked. She, we both worked. Uh, you know, I had my daughter, uh, who at that time was like three, four years old. She, we had her in, in daycare. Um, so, you know, but it seems like I was the one that would go to daycare, pick her up in her home. Um, and then you know uh my wife at the time would make dinner, you know, great, she'd make dinner, we'd all sit down. As soon as dinner was over, she's up on the couch. All right, my time to relax. I was like, so the dishes piled up in the sink, the kids sitting in the high chair. It's like well, you can't just plop on the couch. We're a family now. But that's what she would do. Is then it's up to me to like clean up the kitchen and take care of the kid and you know. So that was like just one example. Other things were just like discipline. We didn't really agree or see eye to eye on discipline, and we didn't really have a communication or conversation about it. Like me at the dinner you know again at the dinner table or breakfast table. My my daughter would be doing something in the high chair. Boom, glass of milk gets knocked over. Her mom. What the what the F starts screaming. I'm and I'm just kind of looking like, she's it's she spilled her milk. It was an accident. She it wasn't, yeah. like, it wasn't like she it's was almost like, these kids. She didn't like grab the cup and fling it across the room. Yeah.
1: It's almost like there's a saying about spilled milk. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yep.
1: So it sounds like, uh, in the, um, we have a comment here in the, um, text chat that says it sounds like a very one sided relationship, both with you and, you know, um, with your, with your daughter. So she was pretty young at this point. I mean, she's still in a high chair, that kind of stuff. So it sounds like, I mean, she'd make dinner, which is great, uh, helpful and stuff. But then, she just like sit down and expect you to do, I, I, oh, I know that this exists and it's not even on the grand scheme of like terrible things <laughs> like not, that, but I just, I like just ignore.
2: I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying a that, like, crying
1: she, child like that. Yeah. I
2: mean, I'm not saying <laughs> that she didn't like interact with our daughter at all, but yeah, as I think back, there were literally days where she was like, I've had a rough day. I'm going to watch TV and she would go in the other room, sit down and yeah. So I would clean up our daughter, take her out of the high chair, go, you know, put her in her playpen or whatever, clean up the dishes. And so, so yeah, those days definitely did exist. Um, you know, certainly there were days where her mom was more, more interactive with her. Um, but I want to say that those were, um, as far as us being a family, those were few and far between. Okay. So it sounds like she got
1: a break, but you didn't.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's fair okay. to say.
1: Okay. Um. All right. Uh, Adro. what about you, dude? What was fatherhood like pre-divorce?
3: So when I became a father, it was like, the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, it made me refocus everything and just really made me change my whole mindset on just life and, you know, values and what I what I wanted to be and, you know, as a person. And unfortunately, it did not do the same with with, with my ex. So, our kind of like with what Bob said, it was very one-sided. You know, it was, if I'm being honest, it was like, you know, when it comes to, to parenthood, it was like 90-10, like me 90, her 10, because I was the one who did everything as well. Like I was the one who would pick up and drop off from school. I was the one who found, the. I was the one that found the daycare. I was the one that found the babysitter. I was the one that made it work with my work schedule. Um, I was the one that did the homework. I was the one that... Signed her up for all these activities. Then I was the one handling going to all of the activities, um, doing all of these things. And it was, you know, it was it was difficult for it was difficult for both of us because you know we we were kind of young. You know, I was I, I had just when I when my oldest was born, I had just turned twenty six two days before, and my ex was twenty eight. So you know, we were still young, first time parents. Uh, you know, not knowing what to do, and we weren't. You know, I was pretty fresh into my sobriety um and so it was it was very difficult to navigate trying to be like a first time parent and her pregnancy was very difficult with w- with her oldest um there were some complications and then after she was born you know there was there was some you know it w- it wasn't like a smooth process right but once she was healthy once mom recovered too it j- like the whole burden of parenthood just fell on me Um, because even from like the early age, it was, I was the one staying, you know, I was the one staying up at night when, when she would cry, you know, I was the one rocking her to bed. I was the one that was just doing, you know, feeding her, you know, the oldest was formula fed for a long time. I mean, from, from an early age. So it was, it was very one-sided and as she got older, um you know it turned to you know it was night like i said it was 9010 so i still was able to have like that 10% to myself you know so like you know like i was still able to you know do things for myself that i can't do now like simple things like i had someone there to watch the kid while i took a long hot shower right um could go you know watch a game with my friend or something like one night um could go to a could make a dentist appointment and go because I had someone to watch the kid. Um so I still had I still had that, but she, my ex unfortunately was never like a real mother to our to our kids. Um I always would say she was kind of like a a bad, unreliable babysitter. Um <laughs> is how I is how I would put it. Because that's what it felt like. Like, it felt like I had to, like, beg or, like, force her to, like, be a parent, you know? So it was, it was very, it was very difficult from the onset. You know, we, we, we did have, we did have good moments and stuff like that, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, 90% of the, of the, of the actual parenting was on me. Because even when she was with, with our, you know, with our oldest and then with our, you know, with our second kid together. There wasn't any actual parenting going on, right? Like setting rules, setting boundaries, setting routines. It was just chaos, yeah. you know. So
1: she was like the and adult in the room, but she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't she actually... was like the
3: third kid, like yeah. the oldest yeah. kid yeah. that I also had <laughs> that I also had to take care of, and it, yeah. you know, like uh, that caused that caused a lot of you know friction, a lot yeah. of stuff in our in our in our you know r- relationship. But just yes. focusing on fatherhood, it was. It was a. Well, you know what? Uh, what I've... we're going to
1: do here is we're going to go to break real quick and then we're going to come back and continue that thought. Okay. Yep. All right. Cool. We'll be right back. And we are back. Before we get, we continue on with Adro's story. I just wanted to let you guys know I did look up to see. Last week we talked about hosting non porn related things on Pornhub. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, to see, find there out.
1: There's <laughs> no rule against it. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. There's actually another guy who does a podcast on there. Um, but uh, the thing is, we have to. We have to each anybody who's going to be on the air so all of us we all have to like Mm -hmm. get verified by sending like taking pictures with their ids and that kind of thing to prove that we're over 18 and that we we probably have to sign some (laughs) consent forms like all sorts of stuff like so we're going to get treated like if we did it we'd be treated like the people doing porn um but we wouldn't be it's always been a dream of
0: mine right to be treated like somebody in porn (laughs) yeah you know
1: so, like, either celebrated or hated?
0: Yeah, just fans, just attention.
1: Yeah, so um, I will look into it, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, all we have to do is submit two forms of government ID. And that may only be if we're, if we're going to be on camera. So, like, if somebody doesn't have a camera or isn't comfortable being on camera on Pornhub, which that's legitimate concern... Um, they may not legally have to submit any of that stuff because it they're not on camera. So, so um, there's
0: streamlined paperwork to get yeah. on the porn hub.
1: I'm like, no. So we'll, uh, porn. we should, what we should do is we should not only do that. We should do the live webcam thing and do live. So it'll be all the, like <laughs> yeah. the girls and the guys getting naked. And then there's just all of us like fully clothed talking I about, think we
0: should just call it dilf,
1: dilf period. Well, I'm not a dad. <laughs> Plus, I think that's wrong. Like, when somebody says that they're a DILF or a MILF, like, you're not supposed to say that. Like, somebody else is supposed to say that about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I think it's kind of cocky to call yourself that.
2: Change it from dads to dudes. Confidence. For DILF.
1: Okay. I'm sure that that's an actual usable... Uh, tag uh versus <laughs> men's mental health and depression suicide prevention uh, yeah. <laughs> dr lori will be giving us a call if we uh if we look up suicide prevention yeah, on there like, do you need do you need help no traffic uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh away from porn uh adro uh by the way if and this again has not yeah I, there was I no way i can smoothly <laughs> make that transition so i just ran with it uh if you guys want to hear about how uh, Adro's ex was with babysitting, uh, you could tune into <laughs> our episode on, what was it here? Uh,
3: orders of protection.
1: Yeah, the problem with protective orders, which was on October 1st. And uh, that's on the podcast. And you can hear what kind of uh, babysitter Adro's ex was. And to kind of fill in some of those blanks, you had decided to get sober when you found out she was pregnant, correct?
3: Yes. So, well, not when we first found out. It was when we first found out, I guess, I don't know. I had figured she would terminate the pregnancy, or maybe it was like a mistake or something. I don't know. I was in, you know, a drugged up haze back then. But what I got sobered up when we went to the ultrasound and heard her heartbeat for the first time. It just, it just clicked something inside of me, so and it, it seemed like it was doing that for her too, um because, you know, especially with the the difficult pregnancy and the difficult delivery, like um, you know i'm I'm not gonna lie. Like there was a point in time where it's like, you know, we didn't know I, like the doctors were preparing me. It was like, you know, mom might not make it it was it was bad, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was really, you know, like we really bonded like super close together, like like we had never probably been as close like to each other as in that like time frame um but yeah things just she was good she was good for her the first six maybe six to eight months of 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 our oldest daughter's life you know um and then after that it just it just it just started to deteriorate after that. So, you know, just to wrap up for me, it was like when when like for fatherhood for me, it's like I, I took fatherhood. Like I wanted to be, you know, like I feel like I took the actual like title of like father, right? Parent, mm-hmm. right? And like for her, I feel like she just wanted to have kids, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference between wanting yeah. to have kids and wanting to be like a mom, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that was my experience pre pre divorce.
1: That sounds so. I've I've heard and seen so many variations on that. Like there are people that want to have kids and there are people that want to be parents and there is an intersection there obviously, but but there it's not like mutually exclusive. Um you know, I've seen I I know people personally and they have a lot of kids. Like an like just it's just a lot of kids <laughs> and and mm-hmm. but there's no parenting going on you know, not at all. I mean, it's not. And it's funny because you see it on social media. I love my kid. Love being a mom. Love this. Love that. But it's like, well, then how come you're not there? Why aren't you being a mother? Why are the oldest kids parenting the youngest kids? Now, there's always going to be an element of that, you know, but the oldest kid shouldn't make sure that everybody else gets fed while the, the parent is sitting around doing nothing, you know. Um,
3: and it's not the oldest kid's job to no, provide those kind of needs. No, they're supposed to be a kid. You know what I mean? As yeah. A, like, especially on the emotional need side of yes, things. Yes,
1: and that's the biggest part is the emotional parenting yeah. aspect of it. I mean, like, your older siblings do have roles with guidance and with care and with those kind of things, but it shouldn't be, like, their primary role. Like, they're still kids, and, and it's it's so sad when you see – when you see older older siblings having to parent um, their younger siblings like that like that so that whole thing about yeah about uh wanting to be a mom versus wanting to be a parent like and this works father and that kind of stuff too you know this works totally um along with that so uh okay uh Jefferson your turn Mm.
0: um so I I don't know I when I I look back, I think I see it through the lens of now, you know, like when you guys were talking about like 90-10 split, Um, I think it was split, but I think it was a little different. I mean, like, so my my ex wife stayed home and we discussed that before we had kids. And, um, and I, I, he did, you know, she stayed home and she did all the home stuff. I know that sounds like oversimplified, but like all the driving around. And I, when I was home, I was very, you know, I was the dad. I was playful and my rules were a little looser. Um, But, you know, it was like the, you know, like we all protect our kids like a bear, you know, like you might be rough and tumble until you're not, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so I, I think, but when I think back to being a dad, then one of the, one moment that really, towards the end of our marriage, that really struck me was when um, my ex-wife went out of town for the weekend, and the moment she closed the door, she walked out, and it was like, like a bl- like a weighted blanket, <laughs> like just a big weight was lifted off of that, off of my shoulders at least, and I felt completely at ease and goofy and comfortable really Mm. yeah oh it was for me it was like as it happened i'm like oh that's not good (laughs) it but it really it put it put a specific incident to i think feelings that had been happening for a long time Mm -hmm. um and i think do you guys remember the toy stretch armstrong oh yeah yeah you know like where like each of his, his arms would you know you know self-explanatory. They would, they would stretch? I felt like was that it? was my role. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that's what I did in the household. Um, and I, you know, if, so this is all before the divorce. It mm-hmm. Felt like I was the same person, but I felt like I was constrained, mm-hmm. you know, because I felt like, for example, if I were to say, if I, my style is to be quite direct and open with my kids um, and I would get like nipped in the ankles for that. I would get kind of like chastised for, Oh, that's too much for them. That's too much, you know? So I, I constantly kind of like was on guard to make sure that I didn't say anything wrong. Um,
4: mm.
0: and that was kind of under her thumb. I think she kind of set the rules in the house. Okay.
2: you
0: said stretch Armstrong Like,
1: like you were that. And I'm like, so you were the family dog toy. Because uh, <laughs> that's what <laughs> our stretch basically arm. getting chewed out. No, it wasn't, but it ended up as a dog toy oh. Uh,
0: oh, <laughs> pretty quickly. Oh. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you know, some truth.
1: Uh, yeah, my dog stole my stretch Armstrong and my swamp thing <laughs> action figure uh, whose <laughs> eyes lit up. Um, uh huh. Bob, before or during the break, you were about to. Uh, open up about something with, with Adro. It seemed like there were some similarities there.
2: Well, I was just, when he was talking about how his ex like didn't have any rules, I was just thinking like my ex had rules. Like she did parent in the sense of she had rules, but she was like really, I would say like super strict, which was interesting because we were both raised this, we were the same age. We were both raised the same way, basically, when we talked about it, like, you know, when we first met and were dating and stuff. But She was just, like, super strict. You know, something got knocked over by my daughter. She was yelling and screaming, whereas I'm like, oh, this was an accident. You know, whether it broke, whether it didn't break. I'm like, oh, this was an accident. I'm not going to be upset about it. Um, so, but that's where... So we we had our issues was because she was super strict and I wasn't and she's all, was always like you're gonna back me up on this and she still to this day does this like the other oh. day she called me and she was like you're gonna back me up on this I'm like no she's <laughs> well, you're no I just, mm-hmm. you know I'm not backing you up on anything um, and so that was where you know the divide started to show and grow was her like well, you're gonna back me up on this and I'm like. No, I'm not going to yell at her for something that was an accident. Yeah. Cuz I mean she was how old was your how old was your your daughter when you guys like separated? Well, when we first separated, I I actually still lived in the house for about right. 7 months. But she was probably about 3 when we first separated.
1: Okay. So like she was still doing wrong stuff all the time because she was three so this wasn't like like a 16 year old you are know, like you got to back me up on this this is like a hey don't touch the hot stove you know yeah. like like the severity of the situation with a three-year-old while and you know like like you know they they can be pretty rough but like you know it's a little less severe when it comes to breaking stuff yeah. when they're and
2: it's not when like, they're that I mean, age okay I, I don't want to make it sound like extremely terrible it's not like her mom didn't show caring or concerned because like yeah there were times like we'd be our house was a cape cod and our daughter's room was upstairs and she was in the crib and i remember one time we were sitting downstairs in the living room and she was crying and crying and my ex was like i'm gonna go check on her i'm like no like you can't go check on her if you go check on her every time she cries you're never gonna get her through the crying phase she's like Mm. you're so mean i'm like i'm not you know, here's her who's super strict telling me I'm being mean. I'm like, no, you can't react yeah. to you know her, every time she cries. And then one time we were sitting there and we heard all of a sudden you hear this thump thump. She's like, what was that? I'm like, I think she just climbed out of the crib. And yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she stopped crying and she climbed out of the crib.
1: That's yeah, the silence you got to be worried about. Yeah. Like that's the
0: <laughs> exactly. That's just such an endearing image of a little tiny kid. <laughs> Crawling oh, out of lot. the yeah. I still yeah. I still remember Maybe that's like something I would give.
3: It's like for for me when they learn how to do that, like that's when I would be like, okay. Cause now like the cribs mm-hmm. convert to beds. So okay, now yeah. the sides are coming off. It's a bed now. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I think you just use your dad voice.
3: Did I? <laughs> a
1: little bit. I think so. A little bit. I still need to I damn it, I should have thought of that. I should have I should have gotten the recordings of of the dad voices and then played them all uh throughout the episode. Um oh, yeah because Jeff Jeff yours isn't as as pronounced, but it's definitely there. You get giddy uh when when mm. you talk to your daughters. Um it's yeah, really cute. That, yeah. Uh Adro, you just yeah. you just you're just like a big teddy bear. Um mm-hmm. and then Bob, I don't think I've ever heard your dad voice. Yeah. Uh he's like it was good. That damn reason for that.
2: Uh, <laughs> I'm sure but, my uh, my dad voice has evolved over the years. Because when she was younger, you know, looking at our conversation father, when she was younger we, and we were first divorced, I would, you know, I'm like, okay, how do I, now I'm on my own. How do I do this? Mm-hmm. And so I would, not all the time, but like if it was something that I was really upset about, I mean, I was in the military for a brief period. So I would get in her face and yell and scream. Well, then it turned out that was not working, So that she would get upset and hyperventilate the poor kid. And I was like, okay, great. This time to find something new. So I would talk to my counselor, work with my counselor, and he gave me tips and advice on things to try, um, you know, ways that she that I could help her, you know, my daughter deal with her anger if she got angry about something so it was a long interesting journey of uh, of fatherhood after the divorce
1: yeah gosh i love that dude i love not that you were like i the image of you like going full on like full metal jacket drill sergeant on like an eight-year-old is funny but like i the, the part that i love is is the fact that you realized that what you were doing wasn't working and you put the effort in to then figure out uh, a new way to do it uh that that is so commendable that you you kind of took a step back from yourself and researched and figured it out uh, for her sake
3: seriously dude kudos bro cuz yeah. a lot of yeah. a, a lot of a lot of especially dads are not like that it's like the kid's going to conform to me mhm when it's really like every, you know, there's no way for that to happen. Every kid is unique. Every kid's different. Kid's not going to be like you. Kid isn't mm-hmm. 30 or 40 like we are. So, kudos yeah. to you, man. Yeah, Thank
2: you. Yeah, yeah
3: that is, yeah. I, I like yeah. how you
1: said that, Adro. Um, you know, they're not going to conform to you. Um, mm. You know, I'm, you know, there's, there's. I mean, just statistically, you want to get into a relationship, remarrying, that kind of stuff. Um you know, you're, you're potentially dealing with, with being a stepfather. But in my relationship now, that's something that, that I look at a lot with her kids. And, you know, that idea of, of, you know, there's already an established, like set of rules, set of boundaries, family values, you know, all of those kinds of things. And I've had to think long and hard about like, how will I fit into that? Because I I agree with like 90% of the stuff. So that's easy. But what about the 10% that I'm like, eh, you know, on. <laughs> um, you know, and is there room for that? Am I allowed to sit there and be like, eh, or do I, you know, and 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 that to me is is you know, that's a that's a challenge I'm gonna have to face. Um, mm-hmm. all right, so we're gonna go to our last break of the night, and then we will be back in just a minute.
4: Adventurer, coach, chef, teacher, audience, superhero. If you're a parent, you've done it all this past year. But the one thing you may not have done is take care of yourself. And it's nearly impossible to keep everyone else full of joy if you're feeling empty. At Boys Town, we know that a parent's mental health is important too. So when it's all too much, take a break and regroup. It's a great strategy that puts things in perspective so you can deal with challenges. The review and recalibrate method of self-care helps you see what's working and what's not. Go to boystown.org slash stressed out for more great self-care tips for parents. You can even download an ebook to guide you and your family through self-care strategies. Because healthy parents are key to happy families. Boystown, saving children and healing families.
1: And we are back. I think we were talking about this on the server, just every once in a while it kind of pops up, but uh, now that you guys are fathers, that whole thing of being called like daddy by your girl, is that weird to
0: you?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I do not like that now. I just... That's
0: not going to fly at all, no. No.
3: no. No. And then it's 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 even worse because I'm Mexican, so being called papi. Oh, no papi. See now that <laughs> I'd
1: let that one slide. I, I had one girl call me that once and I was like, okay, I, I don't mind this.
3: Can't do it anymore.
0: Yeah, no, no. it doesn't work. Dad's eight, yeah. I uh
3: <laughs> I can say this. I I
1: my um my girls um Ex partner, uh, the person that they're dating, they had the kids call him daddy. Uh, I guess they asked them to. Um, and, and she's fine with me saying this. She doesn't listen. I know who listens, by the way, because, uh, Jeff and I went through, um, and I can tell yeah. because I know what cities. And, uh, Adro, <laughs> you got to listen to the episodes, bro. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, um, uh, they had him yeah it was his name's Dan so it was daddy it was it was daddy Daniel and I remember the first time I heard that oh. I like puked in my mouth and I'm like I, I like me personally I don't care if they ever call I mean that would be a wonderful moment if one of them you know said dad or whatever like that I mean just would I would just turn into a blubbery mess but like like mm. I'm like they can't like they can call me anything but they can't call me that like it's it's father my name or dad like no daddy like you can't that's just, and that's a shame because that's yeah. such an innocent term. It's supposed to be, and we've just sexualized it. You know, um, my my mom when she refers to my father, she always called him Daddy because when we were we were kid when we were kids, like, you know, he was Daddy, yeah, and so yeah. that's looks different, like you know what I mean? Little, and it, yeah, it's know? just, and and so that's kind of you know her name for him, you know, and 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 it just it. It breaks my heart that that has been sexualized and and turned into this thing where it's just such an such an almost
3: like
0: the only way that it's referenced unless you're like very little.
3: Yeah, it's like I don't I don't my my kids still call me that and I don't I don't mind that but yeah anyone else like in any other capacity (laughs) it's like nah Mm. nah yeah
2: the the other thing that I don't like. And my ex, she hasn't used it, well, we haven't see, really seen each other a lot lately, uh, thank God. But like, <laughs> Yeah, right. That's why you <laughs> seem so, so I had, If I had to take my daughter to, like, an eye appointment, and we, she goes to the eye doctor where the ex works. And we walk in, and mm. she'd be like, hey, Ari, this is my daughter, and this is baby daddy. I'm like, oh. oh. Like, seriously, she would say yeah. that? Yeah, Whoa. that's baby daddy. I'm like, eh, that's why there's oh. there's two things I don't like. One is baby daddy because she says that all the time. The other thing is the ex calls me Robert, so I've kind of erased Robert as my name. It's Bob.
0: I called you that once, and it did not go well. <laughs> yeah, yet, yeah. I remember. not since. But not since. I'm like, okay, yep, got <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Not going there. Talk right. about
1: film metal jacket, man. He went <laughs> yeah. off on you. No. Um. What about baby girl? what context do you guys have any well like daddy like now we feel gross with anybody oh. saying it period you know what i mean um but like that kind of that childification or whatever you want to call it of your partner because like baby baby like baby like that's pretty you know bay, babe, yeah. babe, like you hear that baby a lot girl. but but like i've heard baby girl a lot more recently and i tried it and i just like was like well, the, nope, the, the only nope. context
2: i have for hearing that is that Kind of like baby daddy. That's one of the things the ex says to my daughter. Like, oh, hey, baby girl.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would skeeve you out. Like, you would never call a girlfriend that. Yeah. I just feel like you get to a certain age where it's like, that's yeah. just weird. I'm not going to call. Like, separate. when you were 15, that's cool. But it's like, oh, yeah. baby girl. Like pay your own taxes. <laughs> I'm not going to call you baby girl. Okay. So we, we, we've started to kind of get totally off topic. But, like, we've started to kind of... um you guys have, have kind of inadvertently started to talk about things post divorce uh, and I'd like to to close out this final segment with a look at that. So you all had very established patterns uh pre divorce uh whether they were good, bad in the middle um, Jeff, I remember you know when you would discuss early on with me with with v m and then at the publicly, I think you do like you say that you felt like you were nothing more. Than a wallet or a a checkbook for those people who are you know over forty. Um, <laughs> a what? I have a checkbook and I've used exactly two checks. Uh, and one was to my mom, and one was to void, so that way I could get direct deposit. Uh, <laughs> but and uh, you got to pay extra for that. So so once once you were free of that, how did it feel? Like what changed in your? style of of parenting observations of of being a father that kind of stuff <sighs> i loved it
4: <laughs> i just
0: it was, it was it no i mean i it was it's so much better it's just so much better like i'm myself 100 that like used to mm-hmm. joke that um going through the divorce process and then that i became more and more of myself and that there was going to be a tv show called 100 jeff and then <laughs> you know, it would just be myself in it um I I didn't feel like I was getting um, felt like I don't know how to describe it. Like my parents left, and I could be myself. You know, um, my style is such that I'll be pretty open with them, and um, I just felt a lot more at ease. It went. It's it's you know it's more responsibility, obviously, as we all know. Like if you're you know if you're raising a house with kids in it and you're the only parent it's a lot of work and so you have to
2: tell me uh, about it um,
0: yeah I mean you have to be the good cop and the bad cop which is exhausting um, mm-hmm. but I, yeah. I would
2: Andrew's got like three
0: right two you
3: know what, what'd you say how many kids
2: I said you've got three I
0: got two an
3: eight,
2: eight and a four year old <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah
0: so it it was. It's more... I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Not... I would... You know, the divorce kind of messed up my financial situation, but I would prefer where I am now because I, I love being a dad post-divorce. I can be 100% myself. And it's... Um, I think it was just a reflection of the poor relationship. You know, nothing to do... I think... Indiv- like, even going through the divorce, my ex said that... <laughs> she said you're a terrible husband but you're a great father what she said um even during all that she said um Ugh. she was complimentary about that
3: that's it. my 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 ex said the, my ex said to the same thing to me and i responded with you oh. you're, you're not good at either <laughs> ouch it was yeah it was um you know for for me after divorce kind of like what jeff said like i i mean I'm going through the divorce right now, but when, when my ex and I split, it was, I I already knew it was like, it was the best thing to do for, for the girls to have, to have them not be with their mom as much as possible. So I was already like, kind of like a single parent full-time to, to two young kids. Um, and you know, having to do everything, um, for them was, was already very tough, but I, I didn't have them 100% of the time. I had them maybe like out of the week, I had them five or six nights a week. So I still had that one or two days, right. Where I would like jam pack everything to try to do for myself or whatever. Right. Um, but it got to a point where it was it was not doable anymore and i had to take them on 100% of the time mostly because of like missed school like you know like being late for school and stuff like that for the oldest or being late to pick up the youngest one from from daycare and everything so it really changed it really changed my whole life around because then it became i had to be 100% like dad and not have any other support around at all and then um like you mentioned with the previous episode just when the situation with, with my youngest happened earlier this year like then I have been there 100% like every single day full custody full physical and legal custody and so what what's gone on now is not, some of the stuff is hard for me to talk about because I feel guilty about how how I feel about certain mm-hmm. things but just like being like a single parent with no with no one else around I feel like, I feel like I, I can't complain or vent about it because it, these people come back yeah. and say, well, who told you to have kids? I can't, I can't cry about it.
1: Oh, that is such, what? Shit. That is That's such,
3: it, it, it gets worse. I, it gets worse. I, I, I can't, I can't cry about it because then like, why am I crying? Like, did I think that, that having kids was going to be easy? I can't say that I'm tired because then it's like, well, then you're lazy you know, I can't say I need I need more rest oh. because I then people always tell me you got to enjoy the moments now. And you'll have plenty of that time when they
2: grow up. Um, you, you can't rest, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how people die at 55 years old from a heart attack. I mean, right. like that's, that's oh, my yeah, gosh, that's,
3: that that's literally like my reality. It's like, well, then and it's from like both sides. It's like, well, you know, my job is very stressful. I want to find. A different kind of job well then who's gonna how are they gonna have health benefits how who's gonna support them in the interim or whatever right um don't leave them at daycare because then you're you know don't let other people raise raise your kids or like god for god forbid i want to think about dating again because then it's like you have to put your kids first don't think of you know don't put yourself with anyone else um don't don't uh, you know? Don't put anyone else o- over your kids. And then the other one is like, you know, like if I want to go out and have fun or something, then it's like, well, then why, you know, why are you not putting your kids' interests first and just leaving them with whoever will will take them? So it's it's been really tough. Yeah,
1: you know what you have, man. You know what you have, and 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 we have to use this term because the internet is not accepted that. Uh, men can have this as well you have mom guilt bro Um just straight up mom guilt if you ever follow any of the like mom bloggers or anything like that everything you've said is stuff that they talk about like consistently it's parent guilt that concept of like yeah yeah but they all call it, it's just mom guilt's more marketable we're not at that point yet where we can admit that that uh <laughs> dads can feel that too because but uh it's it's so frustrating from the outside to hear that to have that that you and 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 frankly probably all single parents in one-way shape or form feel that pressure of like no matter what you do you're wrong. You try too hard, you don't try hard enough, you do this, you do that like no matter what you do you're you're just you're wrong. And that that just like to to know that people have said those things to you you know it's not just an invention in your mind where you think that people are thinking this um people have said this stuff yes. right yeah like that oh my god like why well, i don't know how anybody could say that to somebody else especially somebody who and maybe i don't know maybe if they're older it's a generational thing where it's it's you know like they're they're comparing their generation's values and situation and that kind of stuff to a you know a, a generation removes values and situation not realizing that things have changed but i just that all that pisses and
2: the, me the off. The dating thing, Edro, you're so, you're so right in what you say about that. Because, like, I mean, I've had my daughter full time probably ten years, about ten years, and in that whole time, I want to say I used a babysitter maybe four times. Um, wow, man. And those are probably well, so yeah. you could go to well, the dentist. I mean, it was always like, like <laughs> to go on a date. <laughs> you know, it like, was just like to have a, like for me to go out by myself. Like, like, Hey, can you watch me? You know? Right. And, but yeah, I mean, and I did feel guilty, not like massive, like beat myself up totally, completely guilt. But I was like, like, Oh, I feel kind of guilty. I'm using a babysitter. But, um, so, I mean, I didn't do it a lot. I did it a few times. Um, you know, and, and the, Part of that too, which was ironic, was way back when, early on in the divorce, when I was like maybe trying to go out on a date or something and try to find a babysitter. If the ex found out, she was like, don't you want to spend time with her doing anything? And this is the person who, when we first got divorced, we had the divorce agreement every other weekend. And then she called me up like, hey, Thursday is my TV night. Can you watch her? and take her early, and take her Friday, and you take her oh, Thursday. Uh, but yeah, she would yell at me if she found out that I used a babysitter on a night like, that was my night. Jeez.
3: That's just That's crazy, man.
2: As yeah. said, it depends it on when you've got to look at the time frame, and I'm, just as an explanation, not excuse, if you look at the time frame, like I so said, this was back in 2006, 2007, and I think NBC had their must see TV Thursday night, and that was her thing. thing. Yeah, (laughs) oh, it's Thursday night. She's screaming. Can you take her? Like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, I'm not going to turn down time with my kid.
3: Yeah, he wasn't watching Thursday night football. Yeah.
2: No, I I (laughs) I, I specifically remember this one Sunday. I have this distinct memory. This one Sunday, me and my daughter out in this was before the divorce. Out in the driveway, we're playing in the driveway. Sunny fall Sunday. X is inside watching a football game because she loved football and loved the Dolphins. And I was like, "Screw it! I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm oh. no, I'm, I'm going to be outside with my daughter in the sun, enjoying the weather."
1: <laughs> is your no. ex from Florida? It's just. Oh, a I mean, that name. would explain a lot. But like, <laughs> okay, I always get confused when people like teams. That are like, okay, when somebody says they like the Yankees, it's like, all right, you know. But I always get really confused when somebody likes a team that they have like no connection to. One of my buddies is a huge fan of the Falcons. And my first kind of joke is, why? You know, like just the Falcons have always been, ter- but he loved, and no family in Atlanta, no connection to Atlanta whatsoever. Just, picked the and they're not they've like never been a good team so like i just i (laughs) and the dolphins are kind of the same way like i just you know i like dan marino but after that i couldn't tell you anything that happened to the dolphins in the last 30 (laughs) years because that's how important they've been in the nfl well as we kind of close this out i want to thank you guys for coming in and being so open about how, you know, the things that you've experienced, I, I've, I've known all three of you for quite some time now, and I, I just want to reiterate that you are all amazing fathers. Uh, you are a rare breed among parents in general. This isn't a, a guy-girl thing. I'm just saying that you guys are all fantastic fathers and fantastic men, and the sacrifice, the effort, that you've all put in to being great fathers is a parent. All of you have amazing children who I've had the, the pleasure of, of, you know, kind of getting to know a little bit in different, different forms. But, um, but yeah, so thank you all for being so open and uh, thank you for, for doing what you guys are doing because uh, the world needs you.
2: Thank you.
1: Thanks bro. And thanks for saying that. And for everyone else, Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of VM Live. We're still in the midst of November, and uh, I think uh, Adro and I right now are uh, in uh, tied for first place or so as far as uh, how good our <laughs> mustaches oh, yours, have come out. Yours clearly looks uh, better. Yeah, yeah, is pretty good. I i'm not sure i it it looks i i just maybe it's just a confidence thing but i feel i feel a little more um john waters than um ron swanson (laughs) so uh but anyway you can uh join that and uh donate to the cause for men's mental health prostate and testicular cancers uh the link for that will be in the show notes you can also check us out on instagram twitter facebook youtube we're just about everywhere and keep up to date with everything going on with Visible Man by checking out the visibleman.org. Is that everything, Jeff? Was. Yep. Got it. You weren't paying attention. Right here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you muted. You laughed. You're already pouring your drink. I'm done with it. <laughs> For everyone here at Visible Man, this is Jack Rollins reminding you that vulnerability is the ultimate demonstration of strength. Cheers.